3: Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for taking the time to join us today. My name is Dan Connick. With me today are my partners, as it is each and every uh, other week. It's uh, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how the heck are you doing?
2: Doing pretty well. How are you guys?
4: I'm also doing pretty well.
3: Yeah, still trying to still trying to get over Thursday night, if I'm yeah. being completely honest with you.
4: I think watching that Bears-Vikings game makes me feel a lot better about how we played.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'll say this too. Um, You know, I got, I was working uh, like a part-time gig downtown Detroit yesterday, right in the middle of the Lions game. And uh, it, it really helps getting over a loss when you just see a bunch of really disappointed people in Honolulu blue walking to their cars uh, that that definitely always helps. Although you know, we have have to say, uh, watching that game yesterday, it, it, you can really make a case that the Lions um, are playing the best football overall in the NFC North right now. Because uh, I, I know that that wasn't a, a completely one hundred percent Kansas City Chiefs team, but I, I was pretty impressed with what the the Lions were able to do uh, on Sunday. Against the Chiefs,
2: I agree. I mean, the Holmes didn't have a touchdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lions are playing good ball. Like, they're they're not. I don't want to say they're a scary team, but maybe maybe it just speaks volumes of like the bottom two teams right now between the Bears and the Vikings, just how they're playing. Or, um, but yeah, Lions Lions have seen like a, have a little bit of a bounce back
3: here right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, we can't disregard that third quarter though. With what was it five turnovers between both teams?
3: Yeah. Five fumbles. Five fumbles, like that, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean that that was just absolutely terrible to watch. Like I, I'm just screaming like just go down. Like you don't have to make the play, just go down. Uh it, it looks that that scene from uh from Friday Night Lights will just have um what's his Keith Urban come and duct tape everyone's <laughs> hands together. <laughs> Um, today though, we are, we're moving past the Eagles and we're looking ahead to another NFC East team that the Packers have coming up this week, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, probably the biggest test of the year so far for the Packers. Would you say that? Because I I think when you were looking at the season to begin with, you would automatically say the first big test would have been the Bears game. Uh, but the Packers I think handle that fairly easily and I think after the first couple of weeks that we've seen, I think we've saw that the Bears maybe weren't as uh, as as perennial as they were last year as tough as they were last year and now we come to this a road game against a Cowboys team that could very well be one of the the top teams in the NFC as a whole. Um, is this the toughest? Test of the Packers so far this year?
2: I mean, yeah, like you said, going into the year, Dan, yeah, I think for sure. Like you we got passed through the first four games. There's a couple bumps in the road there, but this was the one I think everyone kind of had circled. Like primetime game, probably the game of the week for Fox, and that's that's where they're gonna, you know, that's that's the big matchup. Like I'm sure Joe and a or Joe and Choi are gonna be doing the game too. Um I haven't looked to see who they're uh their task is this week but I would guarantee it's probably that game and yeah this is the first big test and both teams coming off you know kind of slipping up um, on Thursday and Sunday notably uh, we're gonna see what's you know what's gonna shake out uh, there's a few things I want to we'll definitely talk about on both sides of the ball for each team but um, Janelle I gotta imagine this one was when you had circled on your calendar too yeah huh?
4: absolutely I mean we did do that kind of quarter breakdown we talked about the first four games and we thought that it was going to be really tough, and a couple of those games did have to grind it out a little bit, but came out on top except for that Eagles game, which we kind of predicted the 3-1 and start. But Dallas, it doesn't even matter. like Time of year, schedule, uh, records, it's always a tough game because I would argue that the Cowboys are the biggest out-of-division rival for the Packers, and it's just always like, a lot of hate going into that game and there's always like past issues that you want to get redemption on and I think the Packers have the like a two-game win streak on them right now so but having to go to Dallas after a loss which luckily it helps that Dallas is also coming off a loss so it kind of brings them down a little bit they're not riding a 4-0 record right now so kind of helps that sense and I don't know it's just always an interesting game like something big always happens and it's it's no matter what it always stresses me out going into the Packers Cowboys week
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true that that's very true if there's one team outside of the division that I want to beat every year when they're on the schedule, it's the Dallas Cowboys uh, that I think you know before I guess you could you could make the case like before about four or five years ago, you could make the case that uh, maybe uh San Francisco and the Cowboys could be number one A and one B as the out of division, uh, rival. But yeah, for, for now, I mean, especially with the Datt- Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott year, uh, th- this is this is the big one. But what about,
2: what about the Sea Chickens? <laughs> I feel like that was the second team that came up for me in the Seahawks. Like I, I hate the Seahawks.
3: That one, that one's. Or is that, that dead? one Is I, I think that one is that's a a really good recent one. <laughs> But I think if you're going as a overall whole, I, it's really hard to argue against the Cowboys because there's just there's so much history there, and so it, it was. It's kind of funny, like when uh, this, this is. I'm going to throw it back uh, almost a year ago when Chris and I did our Thanksgiving episode, and we talked about how the the Lions rivalry kind of fell off until you know, and Sue came back, and all of that happened, and now it's kind of like back to its its original. Uh, height as a rivalry, it, it seems like the Cowboys is that same way. Like you know, it might fall off for a few years, but once they're back good and both teams are really good, like this rivalry just ramps back up to a whole nother level for me. Yeah, and
4: kind of playing off what Matt said, Seahawks were in there for a little bit for me, but then we picked them off five times, and I think that kind of eased all that tension.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't let that uh, that NFC Championship game that will go. Uh, unnamed, let that ride on your conscience. I don't even know what you're talking
2: <laughs> about. I forgot yeah. about all about it.
3: Right? <laughs> uh, but this week, guys, um, you know, it, it rivalry game with the Cowboys and we get to see a familiar face. Uh, one that's going to be really tough. It was really tough to watch him last night on, on Sunday and – it, it seemed like every time he touched the ball Al Michaels had to call him the former packer and that's Randall Cobb we get to see him back again this week uh and he's he's had um you know kind of the season that you would expect out of out of a guy at Randall Cobb's age and uh and stage in his career with the Dallas Cowboys um he's handling punt return duties for them uh he's he's been a reliable slot guy like Everyone kind of thought he was, but he comes back this week. And um, how is it going to be for you guys to see Randall Cobb in that star? I,
2: I mean, it's been weird all along. And, like, he had that first huge game, like week one, and Kellen Moore was just dialing everything up for him. And I did see a drop last night, one that he probably should have. wasn't that great of a throw. And good to point out, Dan, that Cobb's returning punts when, like, why is – why wouldn't Tavon Austin be returning punts? Like that's literally the only reason this guy's still in the league. And like somehow they just have Randall Cobb back there still. That's kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean, it's going to, it'll be, it'll be weird. Like it will be kind of, you'll see uh, Rodgers and a couple other guys, I'm sure will go shake hands with Randall Cobb before the game. And I'm sure there'll be a, a little John after the first, you know, bubble screen or slant that Randall Cobb has over the middle. But Oh, you know, they're going to go about their business. This isn't like this isn't new. I mean, we've had a few guys in the last few years going on to different teams the Packers have faced, but um, yeah. I just I it, the drop last night. I was like, oh, he probably should have caught that. And like I do remember Randall Cobb dropping a few balls very similar to that in the last few years. But um, yeah. I I hope hope we limit him significantly.
4: Yeah, I know. Last night was really the first Dallas game I was able to watch this year, and after watching. Randall Cobb out there kind of like gut punch right there. Like, wow, this is actually the first time I'm seeing him actually out on the field in something other than green and gold. So I think it's going to hurt, but it's also someone that the team is very familiar with. So hopefully coverage isn't an issue with him so that we don't have to focus too much on him and we can focus on Cooper because, I mean, that's a pretty decent receiving court that they have. But I think our secondary is good enough that they can keep up with those tough receivers.
3: Yeah, that's the wide, I mean, wide receiver is going to be, you know, a, a key for this game, obviously, with a, a quarterback like Dak Prescott and notable names in that wide receiving core, like Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper, obviously. But, um, I mean, is it is it fair to say that the biggest storyline coming into this matchup is Ezekiel Elliott? and that uh, Cowboys running game against what we saw the Packers put up as a run defense this past Thursday night. Uh, You know, when I, when I watched last night and I started thinking about storylines like that, that has to be the first thing on your mind, right? Is how the heck are you going to stop Ezekiel Elliott? Who's, you know, he's, he's been kind of hit and miss. Like teams have been able to slow him down. Like last night, he had a very quiet game against that Saints defense. But again, uh, that that Saints defense is a little bit uh, a little bit different, especially up front than the than the Packers right now.
2: For sure, I mean, on paper, it's like oh, Randall Cobb's playing again you know, against the Packers, and you're like, yeah, it's Ezekiel Elliott coming into his what is that the fifth game now? Um, you know, he yep. really didn't play much, uh, obviously in preseason. Everyone knows that he was in <clears throat> in Mexico, and like. Two weeks ago, when they played the Dolphins, like Tony Pollard ran for 100 yards as well. Like, so they have two guys in the backfield that can, that can torch you. And we saw what the Eagles did on Thursday. Like, they weren't afraid to run anyone at any point. And I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing to me. Uh, right. Uh, and as far as the receiving side of the ball, like Janelle pointed out, Amari Cooper's great and all, but Marshawn Lattimore had like a Chinese finger trap on, uh, Cooper on Sunday night. Like he couldn't do anything. Like he was clearly frustrated, had a couple pass interference plays on him. And I think Jair Alexander is equivalent to Marshawn Lattimore. So I look for that to be a huge mashup. But I mean I went to the game on Thursday. I was in an end zone and I couldn't tell you how many times I saw a 10 yard hole where it just guys are just getting pushed around on the ball. I mean there's there's more to it than that. I think it was just a lot of defensive calls that were going on. Hopefully we make an adjustment and they're running a few more down linemen set instead of that nickel two down linemen. But yeah, I mean, it's that's number one, first and foremost, is Ezekiel Elliott and that run game. Uh, great offensive line, mind you. I would say it's, mm-hmm. I, we could probably debate all day if it's better than the Eagles, if it's, you know, the same caliber. Um, I just think it's been so consistent for so, so long um, that you have to put it up there. Notable too, Tyron Smith did have a high ankle sprain, um, when he left the game on Sunday night, uh, Jerry Jones of all people, I guess told reporters on Sunday night after the game that it was just a high ankle sprain, which is just a weird thing again, that Jerry Jones would be releasing that information, um, as the owner, but, uh, I guess he's fine. Um, you know, high ankle sprain always, you know, that's pretty close to the knee though. You never know really how, how high up that is, but, um, if he's healthy and they're hundred percent to go, yeah, that's, that's the matchup I'm looking for too, Dan.
4: Yeah, and kind of just talking about the run game, that seems to be one of the big weaknesses of this defense still. It doesn't matter the pressure or the secondary, how they're looking. There's a lot of holes, and we even saw that like back with the Broncos, Philip Lindsay was having a heck of a game, and then uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders come in, and Howard has 87 yards, Sanders has 72 yards, Howard has two touchdowns, and it's, it's something that they really need to work on, and you look at the Saints, and they held Elliott to, what, like 35 yards, and he snuck in a touchdown, and you kind of look at how their game ended, so Elliott, he's a strong running back, but like you said, he can be really off and on, so stopping him is going to be crucial, because I'm not so worried about Dak Prescott having to throw because I'm pretty confident in our defense in that section, but just allowing way too much running up the middle, like Matt, you said, you could see it at the game. And I think there just needs to be a lot of closing that goes in. And I don't know if it's like the inside linebackers are struggling because you really only hear Blake Martinez get talked about. And I don't know, it's, that's definitely like the one weak spot on the defense that I still am just not satisfied with is how many yards per carry they are allowing runners to get.
3: And And running game aside, too, you know, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that is extraordinarily mobile. And I think you could make the case that out of quarterbacks in this league that are known for uh, their rushing ability and, and scrambling ability, he probably plays that the smartest and to his most advantage. You know, I, I don't think he's he's not like a Lamar Jackson who kind of really has to base a good portion of his game around that ability, but that Prescott can scoot. And uh, you know, the the Packers notoriously have just been uh torched by quarterbacks that can get outside of the pocket and really make a move. Um and so and so for that defensive line, especially the Smiths on the outside, Rashawn Gary, keeping contain and keeping Dak Prescott in the in the pocket I think it almost kind of is the same game plan uh that you had for when you had Mitchell Trubisky if you can make him be a quarterback I think you can uh have a good shot at limiting what that offense can do um more storylines guys uh if we're looking at the offensive side for the Packers two really big actually we could say three injuries that are going to have a, a major effect on this game Offensive line, Brian Balaga, the right tackle, uh, had injuries that took him out of the game last week. And then two of the really more important offensive weapons for the Packers, Jamal Williams, we don't know what his uh, condition is yet for this week. It does not look fantastic. Uh, But his absence really limited what the Packers could do offensively, especially in the run game. And then... The, the biggest one obviously is Devonte Adams dealing with that turf toe. If this is if this is an offense that is limited in those areas, guys, wh- I mean, what are the what are the Packers going to do offensively to kind of make things work? You, you've got to find something to do without those guys in there.
2: It's a struggle. I mean, clearly when Jamal went out right away on Thursday, they the the running game was different. Um, and then I mean, you don't have seventeen out there that kind of just throws away half the playbook i would say or at least half of the field uh cowboys have a good secondary byron jones Wozier. so whoever's gonna you know work down the line there they're gonna be match up on um marcus valde scantling i think byron jones is a pretty physical good matchup for mvs um, so you're really gonna look for guys to step up it's i i mean turf to injury is not easy uh Alan Lazard, I guess, was asked by a local reporter today. Uh, he, he had had a turf toe uh, injury. I, I assume it was back at Iowa State. And so it's one of, those most, one, one of the most painful injuries he's ever had to work through. Um, and it's just – it's one of those things that does, doesn't go away. Um, and it's not like it's, you know, a finger or a shoulder. I mean, it's a receiver. You're running, you're cutting. That's pretty much what you rely on. I, I don't know what they rely on. Dan, uh, you asked the question. Like, I, I, want, I want to say it would be the run game. Um, I really would hope they would be able to establish a run, at least open some things up. Um, Jimmy Graham was a huge focal point, what I noticed. On Thursday, they really tried to get him the ball. Uh, a few times it didn't really work out, but I think he's someone that you got to get involved quick. And then MVS, I mean, every week, his, like I said, his, his, his confidence is building, um, but that's a tough matchup going against Byron Jones.
4: Yeah, and I think uh, these injuries are definitely tough. You could see it right away. Williams going down completely changes – the flow of the run game, because him and Jones have such different run styles. Jones is a little bit more slippery through the gap, and then Williams can really push for those extra yards. So I think Williams' run style would have been more better utilized against a team like the Eagles. So that definitely hurts when Aaron Rodgers is your lead rushing guy. Like, that's a little scary. So I'm not sure. I'm kind of worried about how this run game will go this week it kind of just depends on the holes that they can open up for Aaron Jones because I don't think he just doesn't have that body style that can really push through offensive linemen the way that Williams can. So if they want to get Aaron Jones really involved, they're going to have to be able to open up a lot for him or he's going to have to slip out the sides. But Adams, like, it was so tough. Aaron Rodgers has 422 yards. The offense is finally on fire and lose Devontae. So, Yeah, all these guys like Allison, he had a couple big catches. MVS. all these guys are really going to have to step up. The tight ends are going to have to get utilized more. So I still think that this is going to be an air game. I think now that Rodgers is really in his flow and he feels like he looked a lot different on Thursday night than he did the previous three games when it came to throwing. So I think getting that spark ignited, hopefully that can help carry him and keep it going even without Devontae. Hopefully the other receivers around him can pick up that slack until he's back.
3: Yeah, and uh, with the passing game too, I think the Packers – actually uh, a couple things to mention with this. The Packers get a bit of a break because the Cowboys a little bit thin at uh, at safety after that game last, uh, on Sunday against the Saints – um, uh, Kavon uh, Frazier and Xavier Woods both hurt in that game. It does not look like they'll play this week at a, a, a safety position that's already pretty thin for the Cowboys. Um, and and Janelle, you mentioned just kind of offbeat uh, with the tight end situation for the Packers. I think that's something you have to touch on too if you're looking at the game coming up this week. A lot of uh, a lot of negativity around. Jimmy Graham's performance, which is kind of crazy to think about, because usually if a guy has six catches and sixty-one yards, you know it's a uh, an outstanding game for them each and every week. But Packers fans not happy about Jimmy Graham, especially that play in the end zone that arguably he should have come down the touchdown with. Um, for this week, guys, would you like to see more guys like Robert Tunyon? and maybe a little bit more Mercedes Lewis in this game? Or do the Packers stick with Jimmy Graham as as they have been for this offense so far?
2: I mean, I think you stick with Jimmy Graham. Uh, not happy by that, that drop in the end zone and a few other plays I saw. But I think you stick with him. He, clearly, it uh, there's some chemistry there with Rodgers. Um, Mercedes Lewis is going to get his catch or two. And Tanya and I really haven't seen a, out there a ton, so I think you got to stick with Graham, but, um, yeah, I just – a veteran can't be making plays like that. you got to go up with two hands and catch the ball, so hope they stick with Graham. If they mix in Tanya in a little bit, I mean, he might make some matchup problems there. He's a little bit quicker, obviously, the Mercedes Lewis, and um, Dan pointed out, you know, Woods is going to be out, Frazier. Frazier, actually, I think they're putting on IR, so – uh, they're going to be banged up. I think like their next guy up is like Jeff Heath or something like that. He's been there for a few years, but yeah, that secondary is, they, they could get exposed down the middle and then even just match up with the tight ends.
4: Yeah. And Jimmy Graham, he's just such a big body. It shouldn't be such an issue in the end zone for him. He really just has to utilize his hands. It seems to be his hands are the problem, like trying to do a one hand grab, like Like, this isn't baseball. you got to get two hands on, especially in the back of the end zone like that. I'm sure they'll continue to target him, which every week I kind of hope, like, this is the game for Jimmy. This is the game for him. And he, like, statistically, you look six catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. You would think he had a really good game, but there's those moments where, like you said, Matt, you're a veteran. You can't be making those mistakes. And I honestly really like Mercedes Lewis in there. I thought that the plays they were running with him are plays that I want to see more so even though he had two catches, I kind of want to maybe get that to like maybe like six catches, like maybe run that play a couple more times because he was throwing him for first downs or pretty close to it. So I really like the way they just have him in the middle and he's just a big target. And I hope that they utilize him more in that way, but I'm sure Jimmy will still be the number one tight end going into this week.
3: Yeah, good points. Um, any final thoughts as we kind of... Get to the end here of uh, kind of our storyline preview of the Cowboys game. We've kind of kind of hit on on all sides of the ball for for both teams. Um, I, I think maybe one other thing that uh, you that has come up. I think it was. It wasn't Domofsky. I think it was the, the Milwaukee journal Sentinel. Um, I don't remember who had it Um, kind of had an interesting note about uh, BJ Goodson, the linebacker for the Packers who came over near the beginning of the year from the giants, who's played in four games against the Cowboys and actually has done, they looked at the statistics, and he, he's done very well uh, going up against Ezekiel Elliott and this offense and actually kind of, made a note that he thinks that, um, you know, he could help the Packers prepare for some of this stuff offensively that the Cowboys do. Uh, any any thoughts about him or, or any other um, last-second uh, thoughts or uh, ideas on this game? Yeah, I
2: think a few more to the defensive side of the ball. You bring up a good point about Goodson. Um, Janelle was talking about, you know, how Blake Martinez is the only one seen making plays, and that's, that's only going to get worse. I mean, Will Redmond. Got bumped out of the game on on Thursday with an injury, and then that subs in Josh Jackson and that nickel spot playing next to um, Blake Martinez. So hopefully Goodson can add some there too. But on the you know on the positive side, Oren Burks did practice today, meaning Monday, um, coming back from the pectoral. So you would like to be able to see him. Uh, you know, fill a void in that, um, that inside linebacker hybrid safety nickel position. Um, hopefully he can get some stability there, um, make up some, you know, easier tackles for Blake Martinez to fill the hole, because that was a huge issue too, I saw on Thursday, just, and, and, on, um, you know, against the Broncos, they just weren't able to fill those lanes um, with the linebacking core and, you know, slow down Lindsay or slow down Miles or, um, or Howard. So I'm just, you know, I hope I hope they get healthier that way. It's gonna be nice. You know, like you said, Dan Goodson. I, I didn't see the uh, the article or anything, but I mean clearly he's got some experience um, against the Cowboys. And if you know, if Oren Burks comes back, that's just another bigger body to fill that area because I don't think anyone really I don't really want to see Josh Jackson on the field a ton, especially in a position where I don't think it's like he's ideally fit there. Um maybe maybe we'll get Montravius Adams back. He didn't practice again today, he hasn't played in the last two. That would be nice. Everyone was, you know, had huge high hopes for him in June or July or whatever it was. We haven't seen him. I haven't, anyways, impact the game a ton. So, um, yeah, I mean, defensively, they just need they need to figure it out up front. That's that's really what it comes down to. The secondary is taking care of it. The edge is taking care of it with Smith and Smith. We just got to be able to stop their own and get a little little push up front.
4: And honestly, I think something we have to touch on a little bit is I hope Kevin King is as on fire this week as he was on Thursday because. That is the most impressed I've ever been with him. He was all over the place, and I just want to keep seeing that. I know he did go out at one point, but it doesn't seem serious. I think he came back into the game. I know. It's kind of like. (laughs) With a girl. It's kind of like expected, but it's like he was having such a good game that you just hope that he keeps continuing. Because I know Goodson, like, there was all this hype for him, and then he kind of was quiet. But I think it's one of those games where familiarity is going to be really important like we know Cobb and we know this team like played them a couple times now since they have the new quarterback running back duo so really knowing this team is going to help a lot especially because even though we don't see them every year in regular season there's a lot of postseason meetups so I think just having that extra little inside tool is going to do a lot for this team or at least I hope it does
3: yeah and uh uh real quick it was Tom Silverstein and Jim Ozarski um uh from packersnews.com actually that had that uh story I just want to make sure I got credit out there but yeah to excellent points i think you guys uh, brought up, especially with Montrevius Adams i think that's um a, a big one too is uh, Dean Lowry got look, look at uh, a deck chair um against the <laughs> Eagles just i pushed around i don't want to i don't want to rag on the guy necessarily but i mean there was just no no uh position holding at all um from dean lowry there um but yeah so the that's what we're looking forward to coming up this week um we'll have more episodes this week leading up to the game um and the rest of the season obviously so make sure you stick with us uh as always with the podcast subscribe rate review share the podcast tell your friends about us uh so that everyone knows uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at pack a day podcast uh i'm on there as well at Decale the way uh guys where can they find you
2: I'm still on Twitter at matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at m a t t underscore f r a underscore. Janelle, where can all the Cowboys fans tweet at you and harass you about the game?
4: <laughs> uh, you can harass me at big mac underscore for mac m a c k. We at the Pack
3: and a Podcast do not encourage cyber bowling in any <laughs> form. No trolling. Uh, trolling, trolling, yes trolling it's probably There's... a pretty
2: fine line between trolling and cyberbullying an extraordinarily <laughs> fine line
4: <laughs> and i'm not afraid to do it back so that's true jen can definitely
3: dishing out just as much as she can take it so
4: um
3: and then an invitation to go try her out but uh yeah <laughs> um anyway guys uh thanks again for joining us for this week's episode uh, we'll see you back again two weeks from now. We'll get to break down uh, the post game from the Lions Monday Night game. So looking forward to that. But before then, it's the Packers against the Cowboys. Uh, and until next time, guys, as always, we finish off. Go Pack, go.
4: Go
2: Pack, go. Go Pack,
4: go. go, Pack go.